Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Hi everyone. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Your Pursuit of Happiness. In a moment, I'm going to hand you over to Paul, who spoke with Philip Coffey, an executive career and life coach based in Dublin. Philip is a senior HR professional with over 14 years private, public, multinational and HR consultancy experience. He is very passionate about the value of implementing coaching, mentoring, career development and employee engagement programs and organisations. In fact, he was the winner of the 2018 HR Champion Leadership Award for the successful delivery of a mentoring and career development program in Trinity College Dublin. He was also a keynote speaker at the European Mentoring and Coaching Council International Mentoring Day event. As an executive career and life coach, Philip enjoys helping people navigate life and career obstacles so they can realise their true potential. He has developed and delivered personal branding, CV, LinkedIn and interview skills programmes for individuals and organisations. Let's listen in. Delighted to be joined today by Philip Coffey. Philip, why don't we start off by maybe you give us a bit of background on yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks very much, Paul, for inviting me along to the podcast. So, yeah, I've been working uh, as a senior HR professional over the past 14 years across the private, public and multinational sectors. So kind of a diverse enough background. And in the last kind of number of years, um, we particularly had a focus around employee engagement, coaching and mentoring, mm. um, but have the full sort of scope of, of HR over the, over the breadth of the career as well. You operate in kind of a consulting capacity outside of your, your day job, for the want of a better term. Yeah, exactly. I suppose I would have seen over the last little while, particularly the advantage of, of areas like coaching and mentoring being so beneficial for staff in various different programs would have run. And I suppose tried to see that as a niche there to maybe give it a bit more airtime than it currently gets. So, you know, you, you would commonly see across different organizations, be they public or private, that they'd like to get to coaching and mentoring and more work on employee engagement, but that seems to sometimes become down the tracks or lesser priority. And I suppose what I've seen is in the last number of years, it's something that people very much need and want. And I see it more as a strategic priority. So I've been trying to help other organizations who might want to get that up and running and uh, give them advice in, in, in that respect as well. And uh, I suppose a two-sided question, really, in terms of um, mentoring and coaching within an organization, What's the value for the organization and what's the value for the people working within that organization? Yeah, and I think a big thing that we're sort of seeing and it's maybe precipitated by the millennial generation, but as always, I would say, have been there amongst all the different generations in the workforce is this idea, I suppose, that people won't have the concept. Maybe they don't really always realize that they put a name on it in HR circles. We maybe put a name on it as a psychological contract. You know, the whole idea of the give and take, the reciprocal relationship if somebody's going to be working hard and trying to give commitment they want to see that the organization responds in kind and uh, something in, in the lines of coaching and mentoring what I feel in terms of that in an organization whether people are getting that internally or through external uh, people coming in to yeah. offer some of these uh, these initiatives it's it's showing that there is a commitment from the employer that they see people in a long-term perspective and want to cultivate their careers and uh, help them in that regard and give them, a, I suppose, a, a plan and a structure 
And the benefit I see of it for an organization is that it's done in a very democratic way. You know, particularly something like mentoring, it can be scaled up and all areas can get access to it. Coaching is kind of moving towards that direction with more kind of work going on into us in terms of getting people trained up as internal coaches. Mm. But for the last sort of maybe five or 10 years, it's more resided in the upper tiers of organizations benefiting from us. But I see huge benefits in terms of the the commitments the employees would then give and it also gets people much more focused on where their skill sets are best applied in the job so you're getting you're getting a more committed employee you're helping to grow them sort of naturally and you're very much working towards business goals within all that because people feel much more supported and secure in their roles great and in terms of coaching and mentoring um i think when we spoke before i mentioned i'm i'm uh, nearly finished a, a coaching course at the minute actually but what's the difference between coaching and mentoring yeah i suppose they can kind of end up being called that they're in much much broadly the same sort of family yeah. often you see coaching can kind of end up be, being over a shorter time span the coach may not necessarily know much about your given role for yeah. example or in some cases may not know anything about the organization at all and where that gives benefits is that they're coming in with a very much a, a fresh canvas. They don't have uh, judgments built up about the environment necessarily. They can be much more free-form about asking you insightful questions uh, of the coachee or the client, as it may be called in coaching. And that gives a sort of a benefit there in terms of nobody's coming in with too much prejudgments into us. Um, and in coaching as well, one of the real powerful things is the, the value of good questions, the very fact that you get listened to, that's something that you're taught a lot in coaching to really just try and listen to where, where someone's coming from. And you spot the between body language and between where people are going with what they say in terms of answers, some interesting insights, and you can delve deeper. And what you find in coaching is that people come up with the answers themselves in a way but they're being prompted by the coach. The mentoring can, can cross over between maybe being purely a mentor where you're um, giving kind of advice at certain times, but it can also stray into being in, back into the pocket, so to speak, as being a coach that uh, not all the time in mentoring will you be uh, one particular hat. You can maybe go across a couple of different hats. You could be somebody who's sure. taking a standpoint back as uh, uh, another colleague in the organization who's maybe five or ten years uh, more experience than you and maybe not in the same organization but just in terms of career path so sure. often with a mentor you're getting that advantage of somebody who knows the organization as well and at times can come in with advice about you know the steps that they made so there's a i suppose both offer real advantages for people and yeah. I, i've seen the benefits of both for for people i would have worked with as well and i suppose um one of the things that has been sort of mentioned a couple of times now is around you know career planning and and career objectives and the benefits of coaching and mentoring for both why as a job seeker internal or external um, should you spend time career planning and why do people not seem to spend a huge amount of time on it at the minute i know that's a big yeah, question think, yeah yeah no there's probably two very important parts and i think it is a really great opportunity to talk about it because it's almost like the elephant in the room i would say and mm. um, you know there's so much obviously in, driven by the economy by people moving around in different roles but what i find is coming across people both internally and externally um you, you know sometimes the job search can kind of lurch into gear whereas i find if someone has been t- thinking it through a little bit and kind of planning out their steps over a period of time they're doing a lot of little things along the way in a number of different kind of facets of their career to help them um, to get where they want to 
And one of the key things, I suppose, that helps people, I suppose, move down, you know, let's say the motorway rather than going the, you know, the, the, the slower roads is that if you plan things out, you kind of, you kind of know much better. Okay. I'm at A. I want to get to B. How am I going to get there in the, you know, the, the quickest possible way that mm-hmm. makes it as kind of a best step for me? And uh, what I find is if people have thought it through, they'll realize there's certain things they can control within it. So, you know, the big person about control the controllable. So if they can influence yeah. certain things, like maybe getting extra projects that they will, that will add to their CV in a given year, that will, they know, you know, you're, they're building towards the next step up when they know the next step up needs a certain couple of extra things and they go to that interview, try and get those project, projects under your belt. Uh, in the current jobs and then uh, I suppose another step in terms of that is that people can also look at you know what else in the organization could be done to help them so whether we can go mm-hmm. talk about coaching and mentoring but also with our training support so if you do that in a very staged mannered way you can kind of step your way through it and you can kind of I'd be a big believer as well in trying to keep a record of what you have tried what's worked what's not you know and then keep refining that. Um, a big thing hopefully we'll get on to talking about as well is around the power of utilizing your network because you won't know all the angles yourself. So if you can get all that up and running, that's much better rather than um, somebody coming to you and kind of pulling um, a surprise out of the hat in August, let's say, for example, yeah. and you've nothing started. Um, so, you know, we know shocks can happen in different industries and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's something where I'd say no matter where do you, you feel you're in a very safe industry or not, I think it's a smart to be able to doing it on an ongoing basis, then it doesn't feel overwhelming. Mm. And I suppose one of the things I've noticed over the years is that very often people seem to find themselves at a point where they start to look, but you know, not a lot, not an awful lot of thought has kind of gone into it or it doesn't seem to be much of a strategic plan. It more tends to be, I think you kind of alluded to it, a, a push factor uh, yeah. you know they've hit a glass ceiling or, or whatever but the next step is kind of it's it's a bit fuzzy why do you think it is that people don't spend that much time typically on such an important part of of your of your life I suppose you spend a lot of time in, in your job you need to be as happy as you can be yeah exactly and I think we're like thinking about that because obviously something I come across a lot is mm. what the, the sort of things I would see amongst people is sometimes we're our own worst enemies at times. We, we aren't the person, you know, within ourselves and our own minds. We aren't always backing ourselves initially with things. Sometimes it takes a bit of convincing of ourselves that you're able for that mm. next step. Um, and I often say to people when I'm coaching them or mentoring, it's like, you know, they, they, they may come up, sometimes they will come across something a little bit kind of downplaying there achievements and that would be one of the first things I'd work with people is go you know tell me exactly in kind of you know five or ten things in the last kind of three five years you've done that have really been you know added value or you feel have added a lot to, to your career or yes. to the organization you've been in and that's sometimes even that question alone people can kind of maybe it's an Irish thing or it's a different cultural thing in terms of not bragging about things but we don't yeah. often tend to build ourselves up and I think this is the one thing where we do need to do that and um, sometimes people can even just feel I think to keep some of this stuff to themselves and the good stuff doesn't even come out on the table. So that's why I'd be sort of saying it's good to even get that going, get those juices flowing in terms of what you're really good at. Because if you know what you're really good at, then you know, okay, which organizations would really um, match up with that. And, and then that gets the train going in terms of planning it out. Mm. So a confidence thing is, is a big thing. And in, in initially, sometimes that can be people within themselves. Sometimes it can, they can be in an area where they feel stuck in a rush because the manager isn't very much cultivating them as well. So this would be something you see across all industries, not just sure. one industry or other. So that can, and obviously we, we know that phrase about, coming the cliche, but there's a lot of truth in it that people are leaving managers and it's because they're doing that yeah. sort of maybe micromanagement or 
behaviour that isn't really cultivating them and helping them along, that's why they're leaving rather than ultimately not liking the organisation. So um, I think there's an element of the confidence piece, both kind of internally and externally in the people around you, but also there's a piece around possibly the very busy world and a bit of procrastination can set in. You know, there's so many distractions nowadays. Commutes can be long. People just don't see where to fit this in. So the big thing I kind of advise people is to literally get the diary out and try and be honest with yourself. Where will you do this within the week? You know, and don't drop other important things. Like obviously there's lots of key um, things that need to be done. But you do need to find carve out time in the diary for this in a given week or, or month or wherever you feel you can kind of fit it in depending on the urgency. Okay. So if, if you're a job seeker and you've made the decision that you want to start to be a little bit more strategic about your career and where you're going, what are the first things that you start to consider when you're planning your career? Yeah, well, I think the, the sort of first sort of area that's really important I think to lose to is like is knowing yourself, you know, knowing your own personality and your skill sets, what really you know, where you've added value and then it's having a real good think about, okay, what is out there and within your network, who do you know is in companies that, you know, when you talk to them, they're really enthusiastic about us, they seem to have good benefits and that kind of stuff. And um, for each individual person at the different stage of their life, different things will come into mind as to what's most important for some people. It's salary, for some people, it's a, a particular figure they need to get to from where they are now, they feel maybe stuck. For some other people, it can be salary plus they need certain uh, benefits or maybe the community can be a thing as well so uh, sure. it's about getting that down on paper in terms of what's most important to you at the particular time you know sometimes you could be looking for a real game-changing role but it might push you or stretch you a little bit more for a certain period of time and if you're able to get those ducks in a row and have a very supportive piece in terms of the family aspect you know one or other of the partners you know in, in a family situation sure. can press go on a bit of a push on that but in me I find a lot of time you would need to clear those sort of roads, um, you know, in, in yourself and in your uh, local, locally around your family and your support network to basically say, okay, if I'm going from A to B, is the road clear for me actually to do that? So none of these things are hindering you or whatever. So uh, a big thing is clearing that sort of space. And then it's about sort of looking ahead and going, okay, out there, where do I want to work? You know, what are the companies that seem to attract me? And having a diverse sort of approach, you know, so to focus maybe a good bit on your network rather than I think traditionally people would, uh, you know, send out multiple applications in a bit bit of a scattergun. And obviously it gets very disheartening when you hear nothing back or you aren't really feeling like you're hitting the mark, but you've no feedback. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously it's very important with people like yourselves to have a very good relationship with recruitment agencies that you trust to build that relationship so you can actually get, have them in your corner as well to, to open up that box also. So there's a number of different approaches. You're going to have your jobs boards, your recruitment agencies, and delving into your network. And I think possibly too much of the focus goes towards the jobs boards and not towards maybe utilizing sure. your network or recruitment agencies who specialize in particular areas. Sure. And, um, I suppose one of, the, one of the things that we see a lot of is people wanting to change career you know, maybe moving from finance into sales or, uh, you know, technology into something else. How easy or hard is it in your experience to to kind of really change career direction? Yeah, and I I think that's, again, kind of alludes back to the whole piece where the career planning really helps in this regard because if that's something that you you feel you have an inkling towards, there's a number of steps you might take towards doing that. One of the big ones may be, like in your existing company, 
if you're thinking of a pivot there, you know, would they support you in terms of some training that could benefit, you know, them currently, but also sure. you, you mightn't obviously be able to tell this to an employer, but you might be thinking a step or two ahead and it might be in the particular job that you're currently in. So some people have really supportive managers who actually be very open to that conversation saying, look, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to develop you and uh, you might necessarily be with me in a year or two or three's time, but I want to help you get in that direction. Other people, you know, as we alluded earlier on, don't have that relationship with the manager, but still the organization wants to help them training-wise. So yeah. that can be a big piece in terms of moving that you, you feel somewhat in yourself as well, that you have the confidence going, yeah, well, I've done that course if, in, if it's in a sales area or I've done something to build yourself up towards it. And cost can be a factor. So there's a lot of good mm. access to courses online that aren't as costly as the more formal courses. So it doesn't have to be something that's really lengthy all the time either. Sure. Uh, and I do, I do think a big thing is utilizing people who are specialists in that field. So where it's somebody yeah. in your network who's in a target company or it's in a particular recruitment firm who specializes in that, get talking to those people so they can tell you the gaps. You know, if you get a good relationship with these people, um, reach out to, to, to people who seem helpful on LinkedIn or good yeah. recruitment agents, they will kind of tell you the lie of the land. They're not going to do it all the work for you. That's sometimes what yeah. people sort of would, you would love if it's a magic wand on us. But obviously, you know, I, I, why I kind of see it, people doing really well for themselves in their, in their careers do put the hard work in and it does come off uh, yeah. when they, they follow through the steps that they're going to lay out. So yeah. I think a, a big piece on that is transferable skills, essentially. Like you do have a lot of transferable skills about reminding yourself of that and going to people who are in the job that you like to get into to yeah. kind of cover off the gaps and go where, where, what might I be missing in terms of making that move? What do I need to convince a future employer, um, whether it's internally or externally, about that I can match up to the to the new job, so to speak? Yeah, and and certainly when we see people who are looking to really make a, a big shift sometimes the best advice from us is to actually go direct as opposed to working through an agency because you know a client will come to us looking for specific skills <clears throat> and you know we need to need to deliver um but then you know from time and actually just today uh, met a met a new client who's looking for someone who is looking to make that career shift um, but definitely going direct and, and getting that kind of advice from people in the know i think is, is really good advice yeah, and I think the the concept I sort of almost say to people, you can put whatever moniker you want on this, but it's, it's almost like having a board of directors for yourself. Yeah. And not, that's not to be kind of smart about it or whatever. It's just to be kind of professional, I suppose, mm. that uh, you can also reciprocate this with other professionals, but you wouldn't call them that to themselves. But you're, what sure. you're doing is you're, you're building up a long-term network with people where it's a two-way relationship where they can call upon exactly. you about your expertise and you can call upon them. And when people feel that there's that reciprocal relationship, they will kind of help you and give you an insight. And you'll be familiar, obviously, in the field that you're in, that a lot of more organizations now like to get referrals. So mm. if you do have a network built up and you come across very professional and have reached out and had a coffee with people and done, you know, the concept mightn't be fully out there, but it's more and more coming out there around the whole idea of doing informational interviews. So if you take that example of moving from finance to sales, try and set up a few what I would call coffee meetings which will be yeah. essentially trying to find out from people who are in sales for example what they have done in their career to help them move forward and then you can kind of go okay what bits can I take from each person because you know I won't have all the answers but I'll have some of the picture if somebody came to me at HR for example or coaching on some other aspect um, uh, but you know different people will have different pieces of the pie sure. and you put that together and that's a really formidable package then that you have you really know where you're going then.
And and there is the thing in Ireland, I think in particular, that very often it's not the person you meet, it's the person that they know. You know, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, and if you say the, the six degrees of separation across the world, certainly in yeah. Ireland, it feels sometimes like it's two. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it's very close. You just, it's certainly not the sort of place to follow out with people because it comes back around. And, um, you know, on, on the flip side of that, the positive side of that is you can build good relationships with people and come across really professional and somebody who's, uh, you know, got integrity and you know, enjoys the, the, the role that they're doing or the role they're after looking for in the future you'll get a good referral um, going your way off to somebody who is a decision maker in a company and mm. that will that will help you in terms of getting more lead, proper leads that will lead to interviews. And the way I kind of look at it, you know, in terms of stats, you, like if you say you, you send out 20 applications on a jobs board, you might get one reply. Yeah. It's much better if you go out, reach out to 20 people and got five to 10 people who met you for a coffee or at least did a phone call and it led to two or three interviews it's a way better hit rate, and it would be at least that, if not better. I would say if people um, went to, went upon that approach. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, in in terms of career progression, what would you say are the most common barriers to it, and how can you successfully navigate those barriers? Yeah, I think I suppose it's this piece in terms of like if people know where they want to get to and actually mm. take the kind of methodical steps, that's going to sort of help them get get to the destination, so to speak. Um, you know, sometimes, as I said, it's kind of people pulling their own barriers up themselves going, where they look, that, that kind of, again, it's a little bit of a cliched phrase, around you hear these stories of people look at a job description and let certain people look at it and go, look, I have 60, 70% of that, uh, 60 or 70% of that job description, so I am going for it. And then a lot of other people who will go, oh, I need to have 90, 95% of it before mm-hmm. I go for it. So I actually think that people can, can do it if, if they feel they have the 60, 70%, maybe even sometimes less, um, because you can kind of get very well prepared for it. And as I said, the pieces that we were discussing earlier on, you can fill in some of the gaps for yourself. A big thing I would say to people is is that piece in terms of when they look at job descriptions of roles that you do see themselves going to. So they're progressing from maybe mid to senior tier, for example. What would be the projects they could take on in a given year that would help them, that would look really value-added when they went for that interview or putting forward their CV? So that's mm. that's kind of making, you want to kind of show that you've pushed the boundaries in your current job and that you're well able for to step up. So can you take on things off your manager's desk uh, for example, can you see trends coming down the road or something important in the organization and on a wider uh, group that could be taking um, you know, a task force to, to deal with a particular problem mm-hmm. and then you can claim some of that for your CV. That's going to help you um, put you in a higher echelon than when you're looking to kind of progress forward to the next role. So something that can kind of be said a lot out there for, for different roles, particularly new tiers, is like do, do people have the breadth of experience and do they have good depth as in have they done projects which are of quite good value to the organization and that's something I think when people hear that they get a bit afraid and go well I initially they think no I haven't done that and then when you sit down with them with their coaching mentoring them you go actually talk with you the last kind of few months and you go there's loads of things there sometimes you need somebody in your corner kind of uh, telling you that it's that good so I think that's sometimes what people naturally feel is like gosh I'm not that good and then actually sit down with them and go actually there's loads of really great stuff it's just how you package it and sell it then easily and interesting. Oh, I agree. Um, covered an awful lot, Philip, and, and it's been great. What would you say the key takeaways are for job seekers that they can implement? Yeah, I think, you know, if people even wanted to build down to kind of four or five simple steps, one of the first steps is that piece around, you know, really identifying 
what they do see themselves wanting to get in the next kind of year, two years from now. Um, what can the organization currently help them with? Um, if they don't already have resources there like coaching and mentoring or good learning development opportunities, maybe you could ask for some of that support. So having a good think about that. Also as well, being able to reach out to people who you would have worked for before mm. um, to make sure that you keep that network going. That is, if there's, there's kind of two different approaches. One is the group of people who you know but in the past you can very easily pick the phone up to and talk to about you know your kind of career ambitions and they'll have a good sense about you know knowing where you were before and where you might, might want to get to and they'll have some thoughts that into the mix. And it'll also remind you of really good projects that you did in their, their organization with them. Plus, there's the whole piece around, you know, reaching out to people in the roles that you would like to get into and mm. trying to learn about what the gaps may be. So I think that's a really important thing in terms of when you have the kind of clarity about what you want, a lot of things start to flow. And then when yeah. you know the gaps, you're kind of actively working towards, um, I suppose, uh, nailing all them down. So a good analogy in terms of that is like any sports team or any anything that any people that you've seen being particularly successful, there's always something they've gone away to work on to get better at. And that's kind of move them forward so if people are into tennis for example Djokovic would have been working away on his diet a lot over the last kind of five seven uh, ten years you know to incremental improvements in some of those areas and, and strength and conditioning and that kind of stuff so that's just Wimbledon it's just gone by to fresh people's minds but any of the sports teams they talk about this area of marginal gains and it really is about that it's about looking at it and going um, it's the targeting the particular roles it's getting your CV correct and, and proper and it's about taking that kind of more niche approach, I would call it, rather than kind of being herded into what everybody else is doing in terms of job mm-hmm. sports and getting lost in the kind of ether. If you can kind of take a more niche approach and really uh, targeted approach, you'll you'll get zero in on the particular roles and particular companies that you're interested in and you'll, you'll stand out because you'll have really done your homework on it mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be getting those leads in terms of interviews, whether you get them directly yourself or you get referrals in uh, through people that you've you've worked with in your network, on people you may even not have known, but you've opened up the box now over the coming months to mm. to basically uh, work away on an area that you 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 know that somebody's working in a really good company who would add something to you, uh, and you're getting those nuggets of information, and then it's kind of putting together. And I think the real thing that I would encourage people to do is like have somebody in their corner who's going to hold them a little somewhat accountable on that or at least can guide them on it. So whether that's you go down the former route of coaching or getting a mentor or at least somebody who's a very trusted peer who you know is successful in their own right in their careers and could actually tell you a bit as tell you straight as it is what they, what's really good and what you may need to kind of work away on because it's no use if you don't get really much uh, proper feedback. So sure. there's a number of things that was in that, but when you piece all them bits together um, and you're going to look at where you're at now and what you, what you want to move towards, you can really start to see what you can work at and you can see actions kind of taking fruit mm. and over a period of time then you start to get the really direct leads and leads to interviews and, and hopefully getting the, the job offers. And um, Philip, one last question. If after hearing this, and I'm sure loads of people will, if they wanted to get in touch with you around career planning and the mentoring and coaching side of what you do, what's the best way for people to do that? Yeah, certainly people can uh, do that. Be great, happy to speak to anybody. And um, in terms of that, you can contact me via my LinkedIn page. So I'd uh, regularly myself try and post some uh, insightful in, uh, insights in, in this particular area. So. Mm-hmm. They can follow me in terms of my LinkedIn page and reach out to me through LinkedIn and certainly be happy to chat with anybody and help them in that regard. Great. Philip, thanks a million for your time. Great. Thanks very much, Paul. 
Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.